welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message by Pastor Andrew McGrath. We're going to look at the language of the Spirit, how the Holy Spirit edifies us, how the Holy Spirit mortifies the deeds of the flesh. There's a whole realm of the Spirit that the majority of the church have not yet understood or walked into. And the more I look at it, the more it excites me. The quest of my life has been very simple because, and it's been this, is to understand how to live in the spirit, how to deal with the flesh and the soul, and to bring myself to a place where I am spirit-led. That's, that's the quest of my life. I don't know if it excites you, but I, I want to understand how to live like Adam did and Abraham and David, to get to deal with the issues of the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions. And I often pray and I meditate on, Lord, how do I align myself to be spirit-led? And I, uh, I may have mentioned it a, a few weeks ago, but I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Andrew, you've got to give your spirit opportunity to breathe and live and vocalize itself. The majority of us, and this is not to condemn us, this is just where we find ourselves, myself included, have such an overpowering, exercised soul. We talk all the time, don't we? We verbalize perspectives on a natural level. So our soul is picking up, it's communicating, and it's not a bad thing because we, we need to talk to each other. It's a good thing. But the predominant disposition of most Christians is at a soul level. So we're communicating how we're feeling, how we're thinking, the choices that we want to make. But the majority of it is at a soul level. Are you hearing me? And so our soul becomes incredibly developed and strong and it dictates. And and you know how strong it is because you just try simple things like not talking for a while or fasting. And you see all this stuff begins to come up. You see the agitations that are within us and the demand for the soul to express itself. But I felt God say to me, Andrew, if you really want to be a man of the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, then you are going to have to learn how to give as much focus and expression to your spirit as you do to your soul. In other words, unless you get to a place where your spirit is conversing and communicating and speaking more than your soul, you'll never be truly a spirit-led man. Are you getting this? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. And it's no coincidence that he's a man that writes, uh, you know, roughly three quarters of the New Testament revelation, the vast majority of the revelation of the church and how it functions. He has a revelation of Jesus. What is the connection between Paul the Apostle and this incredible revelation? I read his writings and I still don't get them. I read it over and over and I know there's deeper truths. Why did he get all this? Because he was a man of the Spirit. He communicated with God. He voiced his spirit to God. And and all of a sudden, revelation began to flow. And the challenge for you and I, and for those that aren't yet filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking tongues, this is going to be your gift over the next few weeks. Amen? 
It's for all. It's for all that believe. And so the challenge for those, all of us who pray in tongues, is to let it resurface again, to allow it to vocalize itself in your life. Many of us, myself included, have relegated this amazing gift to a, to a thing that we do maybe in church, but it lies dormant throughout the week. And then we, we say, why can't I hear God speak? Why do I have all these deep issues? And I'm going to show you over the next few weeks the deepest way to get heart transformation is the language of the Spirit. Where sin abounds in your, in your soul, grace goes even deeper. And when we pray in the Holy Spirit, I will show you how that is the way to mortify the flesh. The, speaking in tongues, it edifies us and strengthens us. One of the reasons is because the more you speak in tongues, the more gunk is going to come out of your life. And unless you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, you won't have the strength to deal with the core issues of your life. And I, I'm here to teach you. I'm here to give you uh, revelation. But this is your job, is that when you leave this place today, you are the one that decides whether you're going to be a man or a woman of the Spirit. When you get up in the morning, where you're going to pray in the Holy Spirit. This is your challenge this week. Amen? Yeah. 1 Samuel 10, 20 says, So Samuel, and I want in this story to use Samuel as a picture of the Holy Spirit or Holy Spirit. He brought all the tribes of Israel before the Lord and the tribe of Benjamin was chosen by Lot. And he brought each family of the tribe of Benjamin before the Lord and the family of the Matrites was chosen. And finally Saul, son of Kish, was chosen from among them. But when they looked for him, he had disappeared. And that, so they asked the Lord, where is he? And the Lord said, there he is, hiding among the baggage. I love that phrase. So they found him and they brought him out. And he stood head and shoulders above anyone else. He just didn't realize it. And Samuel said, well, the people, this is the man that God has chosen as your king. For no one in all of Israel is like him. And all the people shouted, long live the king. And Samuel told the people what the rights and duties of a king were. And he wrote them down on a scroll and he placed it before the Lord. It's an amazing story because he's a man destined for great things, head and shoulders above everyone else. He's called to be the king and he has no idea what lies inside him. And it takes a prophet from, of God, Samuel, who is a picture of the Holy Spirit, to come and reveal what is inside that man. And I'm here to tell you that you are head and shoulders above all your problems and circumstances. You are head and shoulders above all the things that are around you. God sees greatness in your life. And some of you are hiding behind the baggage of self-imposed limitations and what people have said over your life and all the perceptions of this world. And you're hiding under the baggage when you're called to be a king. And it takes the Holy Spirit. He alone sees what's inside you. And I want you to know that you will never discover who you truly are, what you're called to do, unless you develop an intimate relationship with Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me today? No man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man that is within him. Likewise, no one knows the deep things of God except the spirit of God. Are you hearing me today? And many people, if I was to ask for a show of hands, which I won't, if I was to ask you how many people have an absolute 
assurance that I know this is God's plan and purpose. I know how he's gifted me. I am full of hope and faith. I can see my future so clearly. How many of you would raise your hands? And yet it's the purpose of God that every one of us would have an assurance that we would see as clear as clear. This is what God has called me to do. This is the passion of Holy Spirit. He comes from the heart of Father to reveal to you who you are. Hello. Is that true? Psalm 139 verse 16. Your eyes saw my substance being unformed, yet unformed. And in your book they were all written. The days were fashioned for me, when as yet there were none. How precious are your thoughts to me? How great is the sum of them? I could give you scripture after scripture. Jeremiah 1 verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. It says, Jeremiah uh, 29 11. For I know the plans that I have for you. Uh, so many scriptures that reveal to us that when sometime in eternity, God dreamed you up in his mind. The vastness of his thoughts towards you. And, and the amazing thing is that the role of Holy Spirit tells us in John 15, 26, that he sits beside the Father and he hears what Father has planned for your life. And it says in John 15, 26, but the helper, and that, that word is the assistant, he comes and, and, and it says, I will send to, uh, him to you from the Father. He will be the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father and he will testify of me. So the Holy Spirit, he sits next to the Father. He heard all the thoughts that the Father had about you. Every one of them, where you would be born, who you would be born to, what family you would grow up with, what surroundings you would be in, what country you would live in, what you would do, who you would marry. Father had all these thoughts about you. Holy Spirit was there when Father conceived you in his mind. And the role of Holy Spirit is to come to you and to reveal to you the vastness of the thoughts of the Father about you. And there is no other way to discover who you are and what you're called to do unless it's through the Holy Spirit. That's why so many people live false identities. So many people are confused. So many Christians are confused. Oh, should I go left or right? Who should I marry? What should I do? Where should I go? It's because they're not listening to the one person who has been assigned to you to reveal the heart of the Father. Holy Spirit is just waiting for you to say, come and reveal to me the vastness of the thoughts of Father about me. Don't you love it? Isn't it amazing? As the third member of the Trinity, he comes into our spirit and he offers us his help and he begins to pray through us. He takes the plans that he heard in eternity and he releases them through our spirit using the language of tongues. Are you hearing me? The way the Holy Spirit conveys the mind of Christ to us is he comes into our life and he begins to give he gives us a heavenly language it's actually his language he gives us his language and as we pray it out there is a download of all the mind of God to us 
There is no other way to get it. You can read the Bible, and in the Bible you get the inheritance of God's people. You see the general plan for God upon planet Earth. But the only way to find out what God has for you is called the language of the Spirit. I don't understand why people don't want to pray in tongues. Because it is, in my opinion, and you, just, you weigh it up, but in my opinion, it is the primary way that God conveys the mind of Christ to us. Mm-hmm. See, tongues is actually a language. It's a language of the Spirit. It sounds like babble to people, but it is the language. It is the Spirit man articulating the mind of God or the Holy Spirit. He comes into our spirit and he begins to speak his language. It carries with this in, in this language the thoughts of God, the expression, actual sentences. It is the language of the Holy Spirit. And we give voice to that. And I've told you before, but the, the Hebrew uh, word for voice is, adds up to 138 and it's the same uh, uh, number for ladder. And I, I've seen that over and over again. As we give voice in worship, in tongues, there's a ladder from our spirit to the Father. There's divine communication that's taking place. And the problem is the devil has come to you and he's told you it is a waste of time, hasn't he? Yeah. Hasn't he? Yeah. He's never said that. Well, you mustn't be praying in tongues. He says to everyone, it's a waste of time. It's foolishness. You're praying from your mind. This doesn't do anything. This doesn't change anything. He constantly bombards. He is threatened by the heavenly plan of, of the language of the Spirit. Because when I pray out of my spirit, it is a no-go zone to the devil. You see, it's, it's called the Holy of Holies. And only the high priest could come into the Holy of Holies. Only Jesus and the Father and the Spirit and me have access to that realm. No demon, no, uh, no, no force of hell can get into that place when I begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. No demon understands it. And the devil is excluded from my prayer time. And I begin to pray in the Holy Spirit and his divine communication. And all of a sudden, the thoughts of God begin to drop into my spirit. And I have the mind of Christ. And no one can judge me, Paul says. No one can, can begin to, to dominate me because I have gone up to a new level. I'm beginning to see from a higher realm. Are you hearing me? Paul says, if I pray in an unknown tongue, it's my spirit praying. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 14. The Holy Spirit is the one that creates the language inside me. And, and, and many people are all wound up about, how do I pray in the Holy Spirit? It's so easy. It is so easy. And the lie of the devil is, it's so hard. And you're all worked up. What if I pray the wrong thing? That's like saying, what if I, what if I open my mouth? Will I breathe? Well, you know, it's will my heart beat again? It's it's just like natural because the spirit of God is inside you. And the moment you feel his presence and we all know that he lives in our spirit, man, we just open our mouth and he says, as you open your mouth, I will feel it. it's not your language. Turn your brain off. The problem is those that can't speak in tongues, the majority of them are soul led. They just want to figure it out all in their head. So you pray for them. And this is the... I'm saying because this happened to me. 
I was the last in my family to be filled with the Spirit. I had every preacher, every man and his dog pray for me and I couldn't get it. I didn't realise, I thought God was going to come inside and speak for me. But I didn't realise that the Spirit of God was in me and he was busting to get out. And the moment I opened my mouth and gave voice to the Spirit, And I just said, you know what? I don't care what it sounds like. I have faith that when I open my mouth and when I feel his presence, he's going to gush out like a mighty flowing river. Jesus said, it'll be like living waters. It will spring up and you won't be able to stop it. You pull out the plug and it will gush out. You don't have to think, will it come out? Holy Spirit will flow like a river. And all you have to do is speak and not say, oh, I don't know if it's me or God. Have faith. In God, if you ask the Holy Spirit for a gift, he says, I will give it. It's like saying to your father, if I ask for bread, would he give you a scorpion? He's saying, how could you think that somehow the enemy would get inside when you, a believer, ask to be filled with the Spirit and speak? I'm going to be there and I'll speak through you. Do you hear me today? So if you don't pray in the heavenly language, Open your mouth today and the Holy Spirit's going to come like a mighty rushing river. Amen? You see, when we pray in tongues, we open a channel to the deep things of God. I don't know of any other way to do it. But when I pray in tongues over and over, there's something that opens up in the realm of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2 talks about the deep things of God. It opens up the access to the gifts of the Spirit, to the mind of God, to the plans of God. And that's the way we do it. We have this ability to check out of the natural into the Spirit. And all of a sudden, all of heaven begins to open up to us. You have that today. You have that today. If you're filled with the Spirit, you have that today. You have access to the deep things of God. Call unto me, Jeremiah 33.3 says, and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty deep things, inaccessible things that you don't know. How do we call unto him? We begin to pray in the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden things that we never saw before begin to manifest in front of our eyes. You got problems, need things answered. You know, most of the problems that the church have could be solved before you got to the door of the pastor. It's called the Holy Spirit. You have an anointing within you and you know all things. Now, there are times that we need community and I'm not saying that we don't come to each other for help. But what I am saying, it's become the default position of many Christians to cry for help rather than praying in the Holy Ghost. The same Holy Spirit of wisdom and counsel and might that lives in me lives in you. Are you hearing me today? You are powerful people. You have the presence of the Holy Ghost inside of you. And we've created in church culture, and, and there's a balance. We want to honour those in leadership and the giftings and, and the abilities. And I honour that. I honour Adrian and Adam that came last week. But there's a, the other side is, I need to know the same Holy Ghost that is in them is in me. Are you hearing me? And that's why Jesus said, it's more beneficial that I go. How could it be more beneficial to have Jesus living beside me, sleeping in the same house, walking with me? How could it be more beneficial? Because he said, I'm actually going to come and live inside you. I'm going to make you me. Yeah. 
I wrote in my book about, from Proverbs 30, verse 17, about the eye that mocks its father. And that word mock literally means to stammer, to speak words that can't be understood, to imitate a foreigner. He says, The eye that mocks his father and scorns obedience to his mother, the ravens of the valley will pluck it out, and the young eagles will eat it. And I just, there was a day I read that and the whole scripture jumped out and I saw a tie-in. Because see, Proverbs has layers of meanings. I saw the outworking of that on the day of Pentecost. When the the Jews and uh, and those assembled, they began to mock those that prayed in the Holy Ghost. They began to laugh at them and what, the strange tongues, you're drunk. And see, the, the devil is so intimidated by the language of the spirit, by people that are spirit-filled. And he says that the eye that mocks the father, the ravens of the valley will pluck it out and the young eagles will eat it. And so essentially what it means is the enemy is on a, has a plan to undermine tongues, the baptism of the spirit, the move of the spirit. He seeks to undermine it and ridicule it. So there'll be such shame attached to it that the next generation, the eagles, will eat what the raven has plucked out. They will feast themselves on a powerless gospel. The young eagle is the future generations. And you and I know that as we look across the body of Christ, I talk to people that love Jesus. And then I, 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 I continue the conversation and I go into dreams and visions and the things on my heart and there's just a blank stare. What? You dream? You have visions? Angels come to your house? And it's just like, there's, there's just no grid. And you just see them shut down. Why? Because the young eagles, this generation, many believers have feasted on a powerless gospel. They've not known the power of the Holy Spirit. They've not prayed in the Spirit. There have been places, and I, I love the body of Christ, but I'm saying from my experience, where they have shut down the move of the Spirit. You don't pray in tongues around people. You don't prophesy, and it breeds a powerless gospel. And then we have surveys saying now that people don't want to go to church anymore. Where there's no power, people won't go. Where there's no life change, people won't go. And the enemy knows this. But I'm here to tell you today that God is stirring his church again. He's reminding his church that I've sent you the greatest gift that I could send you. It's called Holy Spirit. And he wants to come alongside you. He's not complicated. Some of you think, well, I don't know if I could do that. I'm not spiritual enough. He makes it really easy. He makes it really easy. He knows how you're wired. And he just wants to come and be your best friend. He wants to pray through you. I call the Holy Spirit my destiny prayer partner. And I want you to think about this. He's always one step ahead of the devil. So when I pray in the Spirit, I'm not being reactive. I'm seeing things before they come. He never prays in unbelief because he knows the mind of God. Imagine having a prayer partner like that. 
that you've got someone who'll pray through that will never pray a prayer of unbelief. He knows the entire mind of God and he prays it through you. You can never get it wrong when you pray in the Holy Spirit. In fact, the majority of my prayer life is in the Spirit. Because when I get into English, and there's a time for that, but many times I begin to pray out the problem and my own limited perception. He prays out the mind of Christ that includes a full revelation of the church, your destiny, and everything that Jesus is to you. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. When you pray in tongues, Holy Spirit takes the mind of God, everything that you need, every solution you need, all the opportunities that will come your way, the path that you need to take. He will short-circuit uh, things that, that don't need to happen. He will, he will move you around them. He prays out the perfect Will of God for you. I want you to know you cannot afford not to pray in the Holy Spirit. Should I say it again? You cannot afford not to pray in the Holy Spirit. How many people here want to be successful in life? It's not a trick question. How many people want to know God's perfect plan? So you're not just 30 or 60-fold, but 100-fold. There's much fruitfulness. I'm desperate to make my life count like never before. And there's only one way to do it. You've got to be able to pray in the Spirit. There is no other way to release the mind of God. Am I making sense today? Have I pushed this point hard enough? You have to pray in the Holy Spirit. It is your connection to the purpose of God. The more you pray in the Spirit, the more the mind of God will unlock. And this is what happens. Two things. Internally, every blockage in me, and there's lots, every blockage in me that stops me fulfilling God's plan will be exposed and removed as I pray in the Holy Spirit. Did you hear that? You know, I don't have any blockages. Don't you bet on it. You start praying in tongues for, tongues for a few weeks. It's like fasting. The more you pray in tongues, if you want to make it faster, you pray in tongues and fast. The more you do that, the more it will seem all hell will break loose. But when you pray in tongues, he gives you revelation and strength to continue to face the issues of your heart and get them out. I've been through a season of praying in tongues and I'm horrified at some of the attitudes that begin to surface in my heart. God knew they were there. But as we pray in the Spirit, He begins to expose those things. I'm going to show you in Scripture how the Holy Spirit works. But you need to understand that as I pray in the Spirit, some of you are saying, why isn't my destiny being fulfilled? Why don't I know God's plan? Two reasons. First, internally. There are blockages in your life that repel destiny. Scriptures allude to the fact quite strongly that if there are issues in your heart relationally between you and your wife, then it blocks heaven flowing through your life. So when there are blockages, damages in your life, it actually repels God's purposes because then you're not in alignment. The second thing that happens as I pray in the Spirit, everything that needs to be moved, altered, shifted in the natural aligns itself so I can walk into my destiny. Did you hear that? Natural laws must submit to spiritual laws. 
as I pray out, see, if you don't pray out the mind of God and the purpose of God, your natural world won't come into alignment properly. Are you hearing this? The more you pray God's mind, see, as you pray God's plan for your life, it, is, it, is, it gives God the invitation to shift everything in the natural to align. Some of you know that you've got amazing, all of you know, that you have amazing destiny and plans, but there are people, circumstances that are blocking you. Anyone here today being blocked? Well, as you pray in the Holy Ghost, what happens is the angels are assigned to, to align the natural laws so you can walk into your destiny. That's why Paul said, I pray in tongues more than all of you. Was there ever a man that fulfilled his destiny? They stoned him and left him for dead, but destiny wasn't fulfilled. So he just stood back up, shook himself, and said that was a rocky night, and he walked forward because his destiny was not fulfilled. The more you pray in the Spirit, the more it is impossible for, not, for your destiny not to be fulfilled. I want to say it again. You've got to pray in the Spirit. You've got to pray in the Spirit. You've got to pray in the Spirit. We're going to finish now with Romans 12, verse 1. Are you doing okay? Actually, I've got two verses. Is that all right? Romans 12 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you would prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Paul is saying there, there is a good, there is a, there is a, uh, there is a what? What do we read? There is a good, there is a, acceptable. say it again, acceptable. And there is a perfect will of God. Some people die in the good will of God. They were nice Christians. They didn't drink or smoke or tell dirty jokes. But they lived a good life. It was a 30-fold life. But I'm after the perfect will of God. I want to dot all the dots, cross all the T's. I want to get to heaven and hear, Andrew, you nailed it. The plan I had, you discovered all the thoughts I had for you and you saw every one of those into completion. I've got a bit of catching up to do. I don't know about you, but I want to finish the race like Paul that says, I have finished the race. I have fought the good fight. There's now a crown waiting for me because I've seen what it is to nail the perfect will of God. And Paul talks about this, that, that as you pray in tongues... Everything will come into alignment. You will discover the perfect will of God. So I bring my body and my soul into subjection that wants to continually dominate the way I live. You are not a debtor anymore to the flesh. It's been crucified. And my body now is a vehicle to express my spirit. So daily I have to speak to my body and say, submit to the purposes of God. The sons of God are led by the spirit. And my spirit is taking control today again. Hello, world. Are you hearing me? Now, finally, just turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 26. 
Likewise, or in other words, this is how it's all done. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Anyone got any weakness today? Only a few of you. My fleshly inabilities, my limitations. Oh, if only you knew how fleshly and weak I was. A bit like you. He helps us in our weakness. He wants to help, but we've shut him out. We spend days and weeks without allowing him to flow through us and pray in our heavenly language. And all the while he's knocking on the door, let me out. I've got these amazing plans. I've heard what Father has for you. I want to speak them through you. And if you let me speak through you, everything's going to come into alignment. Let me speak through you. He knows how ignorant we are. He knows our soul will never figure it out. So he bypasses the soul where the war is raging and he brings this new language. He says, you know what? I know where the problem is in your life. It's in your soul. So let us just do a soul bypass and let me pray through your spirit and we can work it all out. Are you hearing me? For we do not know what we should pray as we ought. We haven't got a clue. I don't know how to fix my mess. I don't know what's going on. There's some days I think, oh me, oh my. I have no idea. But the Spirit knows and He makes intercession for us. He wants to pray for you. He says, you're no rocket scientist. You've got no idea. Let me reveal a higher realm. I want to pray through. And I'll pray through you with groanings that cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart, the Holy Spirit searches every heart in the entire body of Christ. Isn't that amazing? He knows you. He knows you. He knows your heart, your heart, your heart, your heart, your heart, Lindsay, your heart. He searches every heart. He's got it all figured out. He knows every one of you. He knows every plan. He is the Holy Spirit. He doesn't miss one of us. You know, oh, look, it's a bit busy. I don't know your heart. He knows everybody inside out, back to front. He has the perfect plan. He alone knows it. He has everything you need. And he knows what the mind of the Spirit is. I love this. He can represent all of us at one time before God. And he knows the mind of the Spirit. What does that mean? The Holy Spirit knows the mind of the Spirit. He knows God's mind for you. He knows God's mind for this generation. He knows God's mind for your family, for you as an individual. He searches our heart and he's got the plan. And it says, he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. As I pray in the spirit, he's saying, he will take the plan of God and enforce it ahead of me. He will remove every obstacle so I can fulfill God's plan. Did you hear that? And that's why verse 28 says, And now all things work together for good. For those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. How do all things work together for good? Not by luck, not by hard work, because you and I have allowed Holy Spirit to pray through the plans of God. And as he prays through us, all things begin to come into alignment 
and they work together for good for those who are the called. They have prayed out the calling according to the purpose of God. And, and my friend, that's your privilege today. You cannot get it wrong. You cannot fail. You cannot fail to discover God's plan if you make one commitment to pray in the Spirit. Paul says in Ephesians 6, and praying in the Spirit on all occasions. What sort of occasions? When I feel lousy. All occasions. When I feel good. When things are great. When things aren't working out. He says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. And if you will make a commitment to do that today, look at me now. If you will make that commitment, I am telling you, you cannot but succeed. Did you hear that? I think that's pretty cool. And that's only scraping the surface of the language of the Spirit. But I'm beginning this by telling you that many of you are looking for God's plan and purpose. You're a bit confused and you're bumping your head here and there. And saying, God, what's the deal? And God's saying, let me pray through you. I've given you the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Trinity. lives inside you. That's amazing. It's amazing, isn't it? You get, not like a piece of him, you get all of him and he lives inside you. The same spirit in me is in you. The Bible says, whoever is joined to the Lord is one spirit. The spirit of God lives in me. Blows my mind. And the more I converse and pray, the more all the plans come to me. I get it. I begin to see it. The more all the external things begin to come in alignment, the more the junk that's in me, all the junk begins to surface where God can heal it and deliver me. How many of you want to be set free of bondages and junk and all the garbage that's in you? You know, I begin to pray in the Holy Spirit and I get angry. But it was always there. It was just suppressed. He says, I I want to deliver you from that so you can function in your destiny. You can't take this anger into your destiny. So when you get, and I'm going to talk about this in a few weeks, the mortification of the flesh. When all this comes up, that's not a sign that he's not working. It is actually the sign that he is working. Keep praying the Spirit. He will edify you and give you strength so you won't be condemned. Romans 8 is all about being led by the Spirit. And the very first, the start of it says, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Why do we need to know that? Because so much stuff's going to come out of our life. We're going to think, am I saved? But it's all part of God's plan. He wants to deliver you and heal you so you can fulfill God's purpose. So if you don't pray in the heavenly language... As yet, this is your day. This is your day for a miracle, as Benny would say. Amen? And all you have to do is receive it by faith. Do you remember how you got born again? What a miracle. It made no sense. Some, this person called Jesus died 2,000 years ago on a cross. And somehow that affected you. And he came into your heart. What a step of faith that was. It didn't make sense, but you felt your spirit warming to that. And you said, yes. And he came in and now it makes perfect sense. And the baptism of the spirit's the same thing. You don't understand it all, but you know it's a gift that he wants to give to you. And the moment you open your mouth, he will fill you. But here's the catch. You have to speak. 
He will pray through you. Your spirit speaks his language. Did you hear me? Your spirit must speak his language. How do I know I've got his language? Because he lives in you. And when you open your mouth and don't speak from here but here, he will flow out. 